0: episode 938 of the sleeper in the Bust. it is tuesday june 8th i'm your host paul spore joined this afternoon by justin mason justin how's it going bud
1: it's going all right just uh another beautiful day and we actually have baseball on today and tonight because last night was like a stunk oh my god like i i I didn't even see it coming like i hadn't been looking at the schedule and like i went like i had nothing to do yesterday. was like oh there's gonna be some day baseball games on like I uh, pulled up the schedule, I was like, "There's three games today." Not, yeah. not only was there not day baseball, there was barely baseball.
0: I will say uh, the men's and college, or men's and women's college world series is 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 filled in nicely. I I enjoyed both. I I had a lot of uh, ESPN on watching those games, so that 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 filled in. But I was kind of bummed that uh, you know. Early June, we've already got a three-game slate. I know we usually get one or two of those in the dog days, on like a Monday or Thursday, which I get a little bit more. But uh, that felt that felt aggressive to yeah. uh, only have three games
1: here. A little brutal. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So then I then I was like, oh, okay, well, the the Angels and Royals game is going, and it's it's Jackson Coars. Ooh. debut and I was like okay finish up dinner hey maybe I've missed like the first inning but I could still catch most of Jackson Coar's start
0: oh well about that let's just leave that in I did put something new on the sheet in the time that we've been talking because there's a, uh, a news alert there but uh, we are gonna we'll go ahead and start with Coar's debut it was bad right it was obviously awful uh, there's no real way to to frame it any other way what looked to me and and most of Twitter it seemed was a lot of overthrowing, just amped to the uh, to the hilt, which is understandable, and that's the reason that debuts are so difficult, is because you just don't know. Uh, you know, some guys channel that in, into their performance and they go out and deal like Manoa. Other guys struggle like Coar. They're out after 39 pitches and just two outs. It's hard to know. That's why a lot of times it's it's best to sit on the sidelines. Um, These debuts, I think, especially in today's game, too, when you probably can't expect them to go more than four or five innings. Anyway, it's pretty rare when they drop six. This is obviously the low end. Um, Did you go back and review any of Coar's start? I mean, it wasn't. I mean,
1: all thirty-nine pitches of it. Yes, yes, I I took the time out of my busy schedule. How did you find such time? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this stuff is really good. Uh, yeah, he just, up. yeah, he just really, really struggled. And I, I, agree. I think he was just overly amped and excited and, uh, it got to him a little bit. And one of those, you know, things is like once, once that starts happening, it's harder than tamp it down. Right. Like it just yes. snowballs and that's, that's what happened. And, uh, I think he'll be fine. And, uh, I'll be interested to see, how his start at the end of the week looks, because that'll determine how much money people blow in fab on him. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. And that, that is going to be a key driver. And we talk about that sometimes about like, Ooh, if uh so-and-so gets called up and they don't do that well, that'll help the, the bidding. It's like, you know, you're kind of in that middle of like, I kind of want this guy to maybe not do that well. Cause I want him and I don't want the price to soar. That was uh, that was my feeling on Patrick wisdom uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday and he hit two homers and I didn't take him off my board but I knew I wasn't getting him at that point because I I don't make like it a detour about uh, Patrick Wisdom but I'm like Obviously, the bulk of his production is gone, even if yeah. you believe in this kind of change like he's not going to be this good. And he's probably going to have a big come down right when you pick him up. So people are probably putting triple digits on him. And I was like, OK, well, those two homers took me out of it with Co-Ar, it's the other way here where this can make you more into it because uh, it's going to keep the price down unless he completely goes off in that second start and and brings back everybody i will say one interesting thing that i saw when i i kind of tweeted out the the same thing you said about like oh he'll be fine you know he's just trying to channel that energy i think this will be but a memory and uh eric longenhagen said yeah he'll be fine dot 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 as a reliever he does not see him as a starter uh with just the fastball changeup combo and, you know, I didn't expound on it further with him, and it reminds me that we should probably have him on soon here as, uh, you know, we passed the Super 2 deadline coming up, and we're probably going to get a wave of prospects, so it'd be great to speak with him on it. But it's a little it's a little bit of the um, uh, Chris Paddock vibes, and obviously Chris Paddock's rookie year was excellent, but we've been trying to have him recapture that magic since then. And you look, 51% fastballs, 44% change up a little 5% show me curve. Is he another two pitch guy here that we're looking at, uh, that we're going to be hoping that he can uh, actually bring forward that third pitch and kind of have that maddening Chris Paddock type of deal with, with Jackson Coar. Uh, what, what do you, what do you think when you hear, when you hear that he might have a relief future, as opposed to something in the rotation?
1: That's really interesting that Eric uh, thinks that, because that's not something I've really heard. Uh, in terms of him before, uh, I mean, I think it's too early to tell you know what his pitch mix is gonna look like, but he definitely needs to f- have something as a third pitch more than just five percent. Uh, I'll be interested to see like if when he goes deeper into a game like we assume he will this weekend, uh, mm-hmm. how how much he throws the curve. it's uh, a good point, too, right. He never really
0: got into the arsenal. I mean yeah like- I mean if
1: you're struggling to find the zone, like you may not want to go to your 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 least confident pitch.
0: Correct. That's a fair point completely. I wouldn't put a ton of stock in the uh, in the 5% aka two pitches of the curveball. But it did get a 45 grade from Eric this uh this offseason as well and he he did not just come about that that relief future today or you know yesterday. He had um Ryan Matson as the comp on mm-hmm. uh uh, on on the prospect profile that's, there. That's so. mean. I mean, that's a good future overall, but not from fantasy standpoint. No, yeah. You know, it's like there, there's there's nothing wrong with that. That the even the Royals obviously they would want him to become a starter, but they would probably be happy that they would at least get that if that's kind of the floor type of deal.
1: You know. Yeah, I mean, I think when you take a guy in in the first round of a draft, you're you're not hoping you're getting a relief floor, like that's. I
0: think you are hoping that that's at least the floor cuz it it's plenty easy to get just a bust so yeah, guess, it's kind of yeah. like guaranteed a, a you know 10 year pro in the pen not that it would be all 10 years with them I think that's all right but I I didn't think that e- I didn't know that either that 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 was kind of the outlook that the some of the prospect folks had on Coar you know we we know that he was in the minors killing it he looked excellent at mm-hmm. AAA and so, you know, there's nothing to draw from this first start one way or the other. Frankly, if he had had five quality innings, there wouldn't have been too much to draw from it. But it's especially sh- so when it's a 39 inning dud or 39 pitch dud that uh, was clearly overtaken by nerves. So sit tight with Coar. Let's see what happens this weekend and we can bid accordingly. Uh, let's get to this breaking news here. Jack Flaherty is going to be out to the all-star break, at least with this uh, with this oblique issue that he has. That's 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 tough. That's a tough one there. Um, that's really going to hurt the cards and that's going to hurt fantasy folks here. Obvious question. Does he become at all a cut or does he prioritize over, you know, other, a lot of other injured guys to where you're finagling other guys and I, I maybe should come up with some examples of like who would you keep on your il him or him but what do you think about flaherty now being out this long while well, i look up some other names to compare him with for uh holding on to
1: yeah i don't think you can cut flaherty uh he was just too good prior to the injury uh you know and uh and you just took him too high and i mean yeah i just i, I can't think of a scenario in which i would cut him uh,
0: i i'm I really can't either, especially with a lot of guys coming back. You know, like Soto and Yelich are back. So if you only had two IL spots, you'd put those two in and keep Flaherty on a reserve. Like, it, so many of the guys are coming back that it is tough to even concoct a scenario here. You know, if you have Trout, Seager, Flaherty, and, I don't know, Plesak? I guess Plesak yeah, could be Yeah, Plesak's the, right. the cut, though much much easier so yeah i think no matter what i'm sure there's one unique scenario out there where somebody just has a devastation but you got to figure out a way to keep him and and if that includes just cutting some you know solid player that you were hoping that you could hold on to i I think you have to do it i because that's that's a month um it's not it's not good for flaherty Mm -hmm. you're not happy about that But you'd be a lot uh, more unhappy if you gave your league mate an ace for the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You've just got to figure it out. It's a huge bummer. Uh, I know, like, I think the one league, or I have in two leagues. Uh, One's a dynasty league uh, where I've been trying to get Matt Thompson to agree to (laughs) <laughs> have us trade him for something and now i'm pissed at matt uh, and we're not talking anymore and the that other league is uh um... giant
0: cardinals fan by the way just yeah. for
1: those who mm-hmm, know. yeah exactly uh and uh and then the other league uh it was with shelly uh, our tag team league where our 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 pocket aces were uh were uh jack Flaherty and uh zach Gallen. so we, <laughs> we went soto flarity okay. gallon um and have a really really good team behind that but it i i don't know that it's gonna work out that's
0: that's painful man that's really that's really painful when you start off like that to feel like i mean it's a great start on paper you're looking at that saying holy smokes we are in a great position we got arguably the best hitter in baseball and two great pitchers, and then Soto struggles, and then the two pitchers find themselves on the I- IL for extended periods of time. So, again, do everything you can to hold Flaherty, and that includes cutting a lot of guys, uh, including these, these upcoming guys here pretty easily. Testin here is sent back down. Now, your inclination might be to think that this is nice, but I promise you it's not. He had 069 uh, upon his return from AAA and then found himself in a bit of a platoon. Now he's back down. Do we have to fundamentally change our expectations of Keston here at this point?
1: I think so. Because, I mean, even when we were, uh, I mean, thinking he was kind of a locked-in top 10 second baseman, I think part of the thinking was, yeah, he's going to have ups and downs because the profile, you know, isn't a very good approach. But he's locked in, right? There's no way the Brewers would, like, give away his playing time, much less send him out. And now they sent him down twice. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Like, I I agree.
0: You figure, okay, there could be some pain with the batting average, but you're going to volume your way Mm -hmm. to enough power and some chip-in steals. And, you know, this is not – think that i was correct uh, or, or that i called it to this degree but i was n- nervous on here but again i was still there with like okay he will meander his way to mid to high 20s homers and a handful of steals probably in the d- double digit range if he ran um and at least upwards of eight nine and here you are now with a homer a steal a 130 average for 122 plate appearances and a cut i think it's a cut across all formats absolutely yeah, I don't I don't even think it's a question at this point. With 15 teamers, you cut him, he's got to get right. And then this becomes a bigger issue with his overall outlook, Justin, because you're talking about a guy who um, at second base, the bat was carrying him because his defense was never good. Now you're talking about him at first base where the bat has to be there. He's listed six feet, which means there's no chance that he is because <laughs> nobody's just six feet. You're lying if you say you are. He's clearly five ten, so and you know, there is a thing about the profile of a first baseman being bigger, not so much for the power output, but for the position of being able to make the maneuvers of of catching the the different throws from guys. So, is his you know future in in, in a bit of doubt in terms of being a full time player?
1: Yeah, I think at this point it has to be right. Um, yeah, it's pretty scary. I think how he can change, right? I mean, obviously, he's still young enough. He's going to be 25 here uh, in like a, a two months or something. And, uh, you know, I'm not giving up on him completely. But right okay. now, you're looking at him as one of those, I don't know, Wilmer Flores types. Oh, yeah.
0: You I know? think that's that's where you're at
1: with it. With you know, the worst defensive ability. So, like, it'll be even harder for him to stick in a lineup.
0: Yep. I think that's a, that's a good way to put it and um it's it's tough from how far he's fallen because he had that 19 homer 9 steal 84 game run to start his career back in 19 with a 303 average and it looked like here we go man the average might come down because the babbitt and strikeout rate well the average plummeted and uh it just can't sustain everything else he just he just swings and misses too much and it, it's pretty clear the way he works with here too, because when he makes contact, he absolutely brutalizes the ball. So he's clearly swinging out of his shoes every time. Yeah, And I wonder if there's something there where he can rein it in and yes, maybe lose a little bit of the pop, but greatly increase the uh, contact rate and the batting average. Cause 40% is just not doable. You, you just can't do it. So that's Keston here. Another big send down that we're definitely not quitting on uh, was Jared Kelnick. And it uh, turns out maybe he wasn't ready. <laughs> Listen, we, I think we just got it wrong, right? Um, I thought he needed to be called up. I think he could have broken camp and you could have made a case for that. I thought maybe, you know, just got to see where we're at with him. Turns out maybe just 26 games in the high minors, not enough for him. Uh, Kelnick gets sent out on the heels of an 0 for 39 run and it wasn't much better before that. It's not like an over for 39 erased a bunch of good work he just he was just overmatched at this point. Now this does not validate anything that the Mariners said, particularly with that 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 idiot uh, Kevin Mather because he was clear about why they didn't want to bring him up. You know, he didn't actually say like, "Oh, he's not that good." He was open about the manipulation. So I don't know that this changes that discussion that much. But uh, 23 bad games, going to get sent down. We know how the fantasy community treats prospects that don't click right away. This is a buy-now situation on Kellnick and Dynasties, right? And and Keeper Leagues, right?
1: Yeah, I just don't know that anybody's going to sell them. Like,
0: uh, oh, I think they will. Not uh, for nothing. I mean, but absolutely. Absolutely. Come on. How often does the fantasy community turn their backs on prospects when they don't pan out? I think this is the time that you can get a discount. That does not mean free or even cheap. But yesterday, you know, before the send down, he would have cost you an arm and a leg and probably half your ass.
1: But now it's now, just arm and a leg.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you're going to get a discount. And so to that end, I think it's worth going out and knocking on the doors. You still have to give up be prepared to give up something. You're not giving up your Kestin Hera for him. Uh, You know, you're not giving up uh, Hira and Kohar for him, but uh, I think he's a lot more gettable today just in the aftermath of this and the ugly 92-plate appearances, even if it's a 10% discount.
1: I would take that. And I would, Uh, would too.
0: What's your outlook on him the rest of the year? you cutting him in some of those uh, NFBC leagues where you got him?
1: Probably not. Uh, You know, I mean, this could be a situation where he's back up in in a month and, and, you know, back to the guy we thought he might be. So... I mean, sure. he, he crushed AAA pitching in his six game. So I assume he'll go down, work on whatever he was struggling with, and, and be back up fairly soon. And, uh, you know, who knows if he'll be able to do better next time around or if it's going to, you know, we talk about all the time that prospect growth isn't linear and uh, that, yeah. you know, sometimes these guys struggle and not everybody is Juan Soto when they first come up. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna be fine in the long term, and I, I would try to buy low on him in any league possible. I don't know if it's gonna be low enough where you're really getting a true discount, but I mean, if you can, I think coming but, into the season the he was unattainable, you, and now he's attainable. So,
0: what if the discount is just that he's available? Like,
1: I think that might, yeah, that's that fair. might be the discount, mm-hmm. which
0: again doesn't feel. When we hear discount, we think, oh, I get, I gave nothing for him. No, 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 no. We're talking a high-end discount here. You know, like when uh, like when a computer that's like $2,500 is like $200 off? Like, that's that's still a discount. It doesn't feel like you move the needle that much. But, you know, something it's something like that. And I think the discount alone might just be that he's actually attainable at this point. And that alone is enough for me to go knocking on some doors and seeing where Nix at. I agree with you. Hold on to him as much as you can. Um, if you're running into injury situations in, like, a 12-teamer that are— you know, crowding your, uh, reserve spots with Kelnick on there. I understand if you have to move on, but I'd certainly be trying to maneuver things so that I don't, I want to at least give it, you know, three weeks to a month because he has to stay down for at least 10 days without an injury, right? So you shouldn't even start, like, counting until after those 10 days, if I have that rule correct, and Mm -hmm. then work from there. So we'll keep a close eye on Kelnick and see what's up. Another guy whose uh, outlook has greatly changed is Scott Kingery. He was outrighted, Justin. He's off the 40-man at this point. Yeah, and no And no one claimed him. No one picked him up because no one wants that money. And this is starting to look like, uh, you know, a full-on bust. He got that six-year, $24 million deal ahead of his call-up with the, uh, with the shiny season at high A and double A. Or excuse me, double A and triple A um, a few years back. And he's done nothing in the majors to really... Uh, to really drive any great interest the 19 homers 15 steals in 2019 with a 258 average that played you know in 500 plate appearances looked like hey so i shouldn't say nothing that maybe overstates it a little bit but he couldn't build on that at all after the dud 2018 he had that rebound in 19 we thought hey maybe there's something here i, I was i was a kingery believer i was interested in him so when he did have that 19 i was like okay let's go we can we can get it going now he's, he's 26 coming into 2020 utterly disastrous last year he's one for 19 this year which is a tiny sample but when you add on the 124 plate appearances last year and the overall unimpressive track record it led to him being outrighted where do you stand on kingery at this point is he just waiver fodder in uh even dynasty leagues or would you maybe pick him up there
1: i mean i think he was waiter waiver fodder in, in dynasty leagues prior to this uh, oh, wow. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I picked him up off the waiver wire in a 16-team dynasty league.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so he was already hated. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. I
1: mean, he's not young anymore. I mean, he's not old, but he's 27. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, he kind of is who he is. Exactly. Uh, which is, you know, unfortunate. Uh, you know, 15 games, he had a 63% strikeout rate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's so bad. His triple slash was 053 053 053. Oh no. Oh wait, so the one hit was a single. <laughs> it was sweet. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, And he got a run scored though. I mean, you know.
0: Hey, hey.
1: 100% you know out. conversion rate on his on his one time on base.
0: He's he's straight hustling out there. Listen, I mean, you know, he got some cash in the bank. Um I'm I'm not rooting against him or anything, but Man. This is
1: exactly why though, like when, when prospects take like these deals. Yes. And like, we all, and everyone's like, why would you do that? Are you going to be such a stud?
0: It's like, yeah, sometimes they're not. John yeah. Singleton got uh, Kingery.
1: Exactly. Like, and I mean, I hope he can figure it out. And I mean, because Me he's, like he could play so many defensive positions. Like he could turn into like a super utility guy for a team.
0: Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's a change of scenery rebirth type of deal. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I would be inclined not to fully give up on him. And then if the right org picked him up, you know, like um, if, if they can get the money paid, that's the problem, too, of course, is the money hurdle. But like, you know, Tampa Bay would probably find space for him. The money's um, not
1: like atrocious, though. Tampa Bay it is. Yeah, Just for Tampa it's Bay. But, you know, I mean. Actual money.
0: But yeah, there are some teams that might. Like the be Giants. Find- this is
1: a guy like the Giants would love.
0: Well, I'm surprised that they maybe didn't have some interest with the uh, with the Evan Longoria injury.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean... You know, I feel like you maybe could have seen something there. Did you talk about that on Sunday? Uh, I don't think we did. Oh, well, then let's talk about that then. Let me add that real quick to the list here. Evan Longoria The injury out. had
1: happened, but we didn't know what it was at that point.
0: Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be out uh, a good bit. This is a big hit, unfortunately, because... He'd been playing brilliantly. Mm -hmm. And not only that, the underlying stats were really strong. So now he's got a shoulder sprain that's going to keep him out four to six weeks, which means you know you and I are automatically going six to eight weeks on that. And uh, that's tough, man. That's upwards of two months at this point. Obviously a cut in all formats. um, But we'll go a little bit, veer a little bit from the fantasy angle because this is is your favorite club. What does this do for the Giants uh, losing him? They at least get Belt back today, which we were going to talk about as well, so we can loop that in. But what's this do to them losing uh, Longoria, who, again, was absolutely killing it? 280, 376, 516 with nine
1: yaks. I mean, I think it gives Wilmer Flores full-time playing time for a little while. That's a good call, yeah. Uh, and I think Mauricio Dubon is going to get a little extra playing time as well. Uh, they called up Thyro uh, Estrada, who's been crushing it in AAA, so they may get uh, him a little bit of run. I wouldn't even be surprised if you saw them maybe bring Austin Slater back into the infield, though so they've been trying to just play him in the outfield.
0: I, I could see that, too, because they have uh, Duggar Dugger Dickerson, mm-hmm. Tauchman, Dubon, Lamont, Wade, who can play the outfield. I think even – is Vossler an infield outfield guy? I know he hasn't been great or anything, but is, is uh, he both? Yeah,
1: yeah, he can do both.
0: So they do have a lot of guys who can maneuver around, which does open up the uh, the, the Slater back to the dirt type of deal like, that you're talking about. So they'll have some place, pieces to cover it. But, man, he I love the rebirth of Longoria and Posey this year. Mm-hmm. It's been so fun to watch. I know you're giddy about it. That's your, that's your ball club, like I said. But – uh this is a bummer. This is an absolute bummer. So hopefully Longo gets healthy. Uh, Belt returns. He is also having a good season. The 228 doesn't jump out at you at all, but the 350 OBP, 474 slug, do with eight homers and two chip in steals. He's two for three. Brandon Belt out here zooming all over the bases. Is Belt a pick up for you in shallower formats?
1: Uh, yeah, I think in. 12 team leagues he becomes interesting I think 10 teams still a little bit too shallow for him yeah uh, I mean he's definitely shown power this year I mean and, and this you know has started back in in 20 uh, in 2019 when he made a swing change and uh, you know we saw it play out better last year uh, in 51 games we hit nine home runs uh, mm-hmm. and you know power's been showing again this year I mean the, the issue with belt though is always that he just can't stay on the field true. True, what and teaches. for a while,
0: you add in that the park too, but mm-hmm. that park is playing playing well again this year with the changes, not just the one that we kept talking about with that, with that door being um, open or I think closed, mm-hmm. Um, but the fences moved in, you know, and you hear like six, seven, eight feet on a fence moving. You don't think too much about it, but then you can see the real effect. Once, especially if you're watching those games day in, day out, you see a handful of, of balls just get over. You're like, ah, that wouldn't have been over in the old stadium. So San Francisco park is playing a lot more hitter friendly than it has, uh, th- these last two years than it had ever. So that helps him as well. He's doing well at home again. I agree with you. 12 teams is where to look. And you always got to be mindful of the schedule because he is a platoon guy. Not so much that the Giants always platoon him, although they do do that sometimes, but just that he has a heavy platoon. Mm -hmm. Only three of the next 10 are scheduled to be or excuse me, three of the next 13. So there'll be 10 righties, three lefties. Uh, on there and even one of the left two of the lefties are Lester and Bumgarner not exactly the toughest of the bunch and even the third Caleb Smith is pitching well but also not uh, you know a must you know worry about type of guy. So the, the schedule does go favorably for belt the rest of the way starting with the five game run of righties that begins tonight on Tuesday. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Albert Alza was in one of those three games yesterday and he had to leave early with a finger issue and he was getting beaten up a little bit he's questionable for a second start this week i want to use this more as an avenue to talk about his season at large though he has been a very big piece of the cubs quality season like they have been doing well uh unfortunately the outing yesterday did move his era over four But he has a 104 whip, which is excellent. The ERA is at 406. It had been under for the last two starts. He started off a little rough, had a really nice May leading into the first start of June, which was against these Padres. He dominated them at home, gets them five days later, and they get to him. By the way, the data on those uh, back-to-backs is inconclusive. You'll see guys dominate twice, get Mm -hmm. crushed twice, one-on, one-off one off one on type of deal there's nothing that you can really draw from it so he happened to do the one good one bad but what do you think of alice has he become uh obviously he's rostered in all formats right now i'm pretty sure um is he somebody that you see as as a a set it and forget it kind of guy right now
1: um i don't know if he's set it and forget it but he's pretty close uh, I mean, I think I think in this season, in which we're doing with so many injuries, you probably, is this that I didn't forget it, guy. Yeah, just because you, yeah, like, you probably don't have a ton more do. options. Like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think I'd rather start him than, you know, Carlos Martinez or someone like that. So mm-hmm. more, uh, more
0: available in 10s than I thought, by the way, 43% over at ESPN. So wow. not uh, maybe 12s and 15s is where you're seeing Al's on a lot of rosters, but in 10s, still available, still being streamed. But I would at least use him as a team streamer.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, the home run rate is a little bit concerning, especially as things start to warm up in Wrigley. Great call. Uh, that could be uh, a little bit uh, more disastrous, and maybe he does hover around kind of that four ERA. But I love the fact that he's not walking, guys. I mean. That's huge. It's a big improvement. And that's <laughs> probably
0: why the homers spiked back up, because he cut the homers last year um, in the 21 innings that he had four starts, two relief appearances, and he was still walking guys. But then this year he's like, okay, I can I can stop walking guys, but then the homers trickle up. He is tough to hit. Strikeouts are there, though. There's a lot of pieces working. He is 26, so he's a little bit more of a fully formed prospect. I, I like Al's Like I said, at the very least, he's a team streamer for me. I'm not putting him back out on the wire for somebody to snatch up from me. And even in this scenario here with the injury, I'm going to at least get definitive word on whether or not he's going to start against St. Louis this week before I make any sort of move there, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely, uh, I'm definitely not going to cut him, even if he hits the IL or something like that. Uh, I would definitely try to hold on to him. I'm interested to see if we have any more issues like this, kind of blister issues pop up with mm-hmm. guys not using as much sticky stuff. It's a great call. We re- I mean, and we're seeing a lot of spin rates drop mm-hmm.
0: the last week because it looks like they are actually making a hard line stance uh, to, that has some teeth behind it. I know some of the notable guys, Bauer and Cole, were both
1: highlighted as having their
0: spin rates dropped. Do we know
1: what the teeth is, though? Like, or, I mean,
0: on I, I heard 10 game suspension, I do not have confirmation on that. Because I
1: don't, how do they get away with that considering that's not written into the CBA? It's a fair point. I, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I feel like the first time they try against, to suspend someone, this
0: is just going to be the bylaw. Like, does it have to be in the C- CBA if it's against MLB's rules?
1: You know, I, I don't know enough about it to answer that question. But I, don't either.
0: I have some insight there. I, I feel like you can still get the punishments for things that are explicitly against the rules, even if it's not We've, collectively barred.
1: We have so many fantasy baseball doctors out in the industry, you know, like physical therapists and people like, you know, talking about oh, the health.
0: I thought you meant like, uh, you know, like wannabe doctors guys. No, no, no. I them- mean
1: like actual That's people with like medical backgrounds, like you know Nick and you know, over at Fantrax is great. Yeah. And Uh, but like we don't have enough like fantasy lawyers, in spite of the fact that a lot of fantasy players are lawyers.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. We need we need those guys that are meticulous. They know all the rules, and then you cite something like, well, technically it's this, and then that, and that. They can give you all the rundown there. So if we got any fantasy lawyers out there that know this, it, it, if I think because it's in the rule book that you can't doctor the ball, that would be enough that even if it's not collectively bargained, that they can face suspensions. Again, I heard that, I think, in passing, maybe in my stream, so I don't have confirmation on whether it's a 10-game suspension, but it looks like they're putting some teeth behind this.
1: Yeah. Um, please after... please submit your legal brief to me by the end of the week.
0: <laughs> get, get us an amicus. I don't yes. know what an amicus is, I just know <laughs> it's a legal term. It's a type of brief. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Get the amicus brief in or else you'll be fired. Thank you. Uh, Byron Buxton going to be out on rehab. I think, I hope, I pray, please, please, Justin. That's all. That's not even a question, but please Kenny. Yes. Thank you. Yes. We'll be getting rehab today in St. Paul, uh, at the AAA affiliate. Obviously we're hoping that it's going to be, you know, a week and then up type of deal. Um, Would you put him on your team? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just really (laughs) excited about it. It's more of an informative thing than something that you need to expound on. Obviously, we're very excited to get him back. He was having one of the best seasons in baseball before the issue. I will ask you this then. Grade two hip strain. Do you have concerns about what this might do for his uh, uh, stolen bases and possibly his defense? Or do you think, hey, goes on rehab, gets healthy, and once healthy, he goes back to playing like Byron Buxton?
1: Oh, man, I'd actually be more concerned with his swing and how he rotates his hip. Uh, oh, that's
0: a great. Yeah, that's really fair.
1: Uh, and I know this because, like, I've torn the labrum in my hip before. Oh, yes. Uh, and, you know, obviously it was it doesn't seem like he's got, like, a significant issue there. And hopefully they're taking their time. You know, it's not like they have anything to play for at this point. I mean, this this team is atrocious this year.
0: Dude, they're so bad, and I'm kind of surprised. I did not think they would be this.
1: I thought they were going to be competing for the division. I I thought this was going to be a three-horse race and end up being a two-horse race between the Twins and the White Sox.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought White Sox Twins at the top, Don't Sleep on Cleveland, and Dark Horse KC. Mm -hmm. Well... All of that has played out except the Twins. KC is a dark horse. They're sitting at 500. White Sox are at the top. Cleveland's hanging in there with their pitching and Jose Ramirez. It was Ramirez and Reyes before Reyes got hurt. Now it's just Ramirez doing it by himself. And nine homers from Cesar Hernandez somehow. But But Yeah, but a 684 OPS. So it's like he's selling out for power. But anyway, this Twins team is bad. That's a good call on the hip possibly affecting his swing let's hope that he is coming back fully healthy and he can get back to doing what he was doing this year which was having a brilliant brilliant season um with a 370 772 line that included nine homers and five steals and five tries and we're going to finish up with a sad note here because it's it's probably the end of fantasy relevance if not his career outright Chris Davis with a K, and now we do have to specify. Remember, there was a period there at the very beginning when, when both were great that you had to specify because they were both good. Then it became just, you could say Chris Davis, and you knew you were talking about Chris with a K because the other one was not relevant on any level. Now they're both irrelevant, so you have to specify again. <laughs> Chris with a K is uh, not great, Bob. And you know it was a rough 2019 where he still hit 23 homers but had a 679 OPS. Disaster last year in 30 games, 632 OPS. Disaster this year with a 596. If he can't hack it in Texas, where they ostensibly have time to play him, what's really going to happen here? And that's why I'm concerned and feel like this is probably the, the, essentially the end for Chris Davis, no?
1: Yeah, because I I don't know where he lands. Exactly. Like,
0: who's going to find, I mean, probably the Dodgers, and then he'll hit five homers like Pujols has or something.
1: They can't, they don't have a DH, they can't. They've got Pujols. But they have—they have, they can't roster another guy like him. No, I know, I know. That was a complete joke. <laughs> I don't really think that they're going to
0: get him. But, um, yeah, if he did land somewhere, like, here's the thing. If Chris Davis latches on with a decent team, then you know the playing time is going to be nothing. Yeah. And if it's a bad team, they might give him more playing time. But do you even want that because we haven't seen anything now? I, I can't
1: since- even figure where the bad team is. Me neither. I don't think the the Rangers were were the bad team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And all the other bad teams, like they've got their own kind of guys like that. Like uh, Baltimore has the other Chris Davis. Mm -hmm. The Tigers have Miggy, you know, the twins have a good DH, but they have DH nonetheless in, in Cruz. Well, those are the bottom feeders in the American league. Like, He's not going to go to the National League. I don't care how bad the Pirates or the Diamondbacks get. They can't put him in the field. They can't put Mm -hmm. Chris Davis with a K in the field. I'd rather put Chris with Davis with a C in the outfield before Chris with a K. (laughs) Like, I'd rather. Okay, I'll tell you this I'd rather put Chris Davis with a C in center field than to put Chris with a K into the friendliest, shortest left field without any, you know, the easiest left field that you possibly can. I'd rather have the other it, Davis in, in center. It's That's not
1: like talking. the a team can even really put him on the bench either because, like, no. he, he doesn't have like a strong platoon advantage one way or another. Yeah, I think this is probably the end. Uh, he, you know, he can go to the KBO and light it up over there. That I Honestly, I would love that. I would if that's something that he's interested in. Obviously, that's a
0: big life move to go clear across the the world. But if he was interested in that, I bet there is still some juice for him. Yeah. Um, you know, or if he wants to stick around and do- dominate AAA, i I'm fine with that too because that means he'd come through to Round Rock when uh, when they face Texas's minor league, which I'm blanking on what it is right now. What is Texas's minor league? Because. Uh... Uh, Houston has, has round rock, so I'm just trying to think of, I don't know. know. Everything Everything got jumbled, so it's hard to know because everything got uh, got mixed up this, this past year anyway with the teams being cut and everything consolidating, so I have no idea at this point. But it doesn't matter. Love Chris Davis as a player. Wish him the best. I am concerned that uh, we've seen the last of him as anything, you know. Useful. Wait, I'm an idiot. Round Rock is the Rangers now. Yeah. They lost Houston. So if he does go to Triple A, then I can go watch him. So I'm actually okay go. with that.
1: Go, get, that go have... get a 247 bat signed by yeah. him. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. Uh, uh, anything else, Justin? Yeah, Dylan Moore uh, played in his first rehab game last night. Okay. Uh, went one for three with a stolen base. Are we thinking of a rebound here? Because
0: he had some love. Uh, coming into the year as a power speed guy, I think people appropriately understood the batting average risk mm-hmm. with him, but the power speed volume was going to be enough to kind of counter that. Well, he had five homers and eight steals, but a 168, that's not quite the bad average that we were talking about. I was thinking more like a 235 type of deal. Yeah, I mean,
1: it was with a 208 Babbitt. Yeah. So, like, and I mean, his xBA was 205. So it wasn't like he was getting... Like, he wasn't deserving a lot of that 168, but it shouldn't have been quite that bad. I think the Mariners like him quite a bit, uh, makes enough zone contact where he should, you know, be better uh, than he was. And, I mean, stolen bases, man, you know, eight stolen bases in 41 games this season. He had 12 stolen bases in 38 games last season. He can run. And... he really can't and he likes to it you know you can tell not
0: nine attempts this year already that's huge and to tell you how valuable those stone bases are not available in a single one of my nfbc leagues which mm-hmm. ranges 12s to 15s so um go look make sure in your league would you would you spec pick them up in tens right now uh
1: with may... the with with steals desperation yeah probably if, if i was desperate in steals
0: i would would you cut Miles Straw and like rather have Dylan Moore as your Steals anchor and by anchor I mean they pull you down and everything else um because actually he doesn't even do it and everything else cuz he has a little power but would would you rather have Straw or Moore? Straw. He's playing like really? I haven't. man I think I would still take Moore. He's played 56 games. I mean they don't have anybody else right now but that's the question though too. Aren't don't you think that they're likely to get somebody?
1: Mm. Yeah, probably.
0: So I'm not saying that your answer is wrong, by the way. I'm just pushing back a little bit on the playing time. Because you're right, though. He has played to this point. They've trusted him pretty fully. And he's but a I good
1: do... defender. That helps.
0: Uh, I Actually, I think he might not be as great of a defender, though. I think he's speedy, but maybe not. He's a pretty, he's a pretty, I might be, pretty decent defender. I might be complaining defender. him with somebody else. But I thought I know there's some of those speed guys out there. that he, just... he, He's
1: not a uh, Malik Smith type. Okay, okay. Like, I don't think he's an elite defender, but maybe I'm I just
0: looking for a reason to crap on Malik Smith. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, he's hitting 242 with seven stolen bases. Um, I don't know that I would drop Straw, but his outs above average are fine. You're, you're right. He's not,
0: you not great, but he's certainly not awful. He's not Malik Smith, like you said. Yeah. Um, that's fair because do you want to put seven stolen bases on the wire, like mm-hmm. you know? you have to think about those things and if that, if you're
1: desperate yeah. for stolen bases you're pretty much just trading one stolen base guy for another you, you need to be dropping somebody else i guess the only
0: yeah the only thing i would say if you wanted to make that move would be if you needed the steal, you wanted to keep your steals set, and you needed the power more than the average. Because mm-hmm. I know Straw is not an average asset at 242, but compared to Dylan Moore, he has been this year. But Dylan Moore also has five homers, so it's a little push pull there. But yeah, I was actually pretty surprised to see that not even in any of my twelves did anybody give up on uh, on Dylan Moore. There, that's that tells you how valuable those stolen bases are. Yeah, for he
1: folks. he's available in one of my twelves, but that's it. A...
0: You're gonna put a bid out there? Probably. I don't blame you. I think I think you got I to. Kinda yeah, wish, I, I
1: kind of wish I had yesterday. Wow, ninety-two
0: percent. That means that yours is the one.
1: Well, no, Maybe. this is this is a in, uh, an, uh, OC qualifier. Oh, okay, okay, D- different setup
0: there. Because mm-hmm. I was looking at the OCs and I said it shows he's ninety-two percent. So he's not very available. But uh, again, that tells you just how precious steals are that they can withstand a one-sixty-eight average. And an IL stint, and people are still saying, "Nope, I'm not giving him." Uh, all right, anything else? No, I think that's it. All right, I think that uh, that'll wrap us up here. A little quick news one. Uh, we're recording this at a different time than normal, so we kept it a little tight on time. We'll be back Thursday with the pod, and I will uh, set up this week's watch party on Wednesday or Thursday. I have not figured out what we're gonna do yet, but I'm uh, getting the Patreon, get uh, Discord tier in the Patreon to figure that out, and we'll be watching something this week. T- tell you what us getting uh, Ian Anderson bumped for Tucker Davidson really helped me out because I got a good look at him, and I went ahead and picked him up in a couple leagues. I'm kind of intrigued by him after that. So maybe we'll find another gem this week. Maybe we'll figure out who the hell Sam Long is. Do you know who that is? I don't. He's pitching for your team. Some fan you are, idiot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's pitching against Kyle Gibson uh, tomorrow. Or... We could try Ian Anderson again on Thursday. He'll probably get bumped, but he is facing Zach Wheeler or Freddie Peralta Luis Castillo.
1: Anderson and Wheeler sounds like
0: fun. I think one of those two games, the Brewers Reds, Peralta Castillo, or uh Braves Phillies, Anderson Wheeler looks like our winner on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. But Justin, great speaking with you. Have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you in a couple. Take it easy.